Welcome to the Clobbercast, proudly presented to you from Clobbercall, all the way from Sheffield, England. Ben, Glenn, take it away. Ready, baby, chips and gravy. <laughs> That's one way to introduce the podcast. How are you doing, all right? Not bad, mate, yourself? Absolutely not, not bad. bad. <laughs> is that your catchphrase? I think it might be now. It is, oh, yeah. It is. Um, good week? Uh, very good week, yeah, yeah. Good stuff, good Funny stuff. Going off. Yep. Uh, launched, have been released with yeah, tickers. Launched uh, we had people restoring Red Wings in the store on Saturday, that were really fun. Rob? We had the pedal, yeah, Rob were in. Rob's we, a good guy. We had the Peddler Market uh, just at the end of the road, which had a few thousand people attending like it does. Yeah man, everything's good. Just rosy. I'm ready, I'm ready for tonight's podcast though. Yeah. Tonight we've got Tom on. From uh, Denim Hunters. Yeah. He's been blogging for a fair few years. And I feel like it's been a couple, we've been like down a couple of weeks, haven't we? We have, yeah. By Chuck. We keep getting it in there. By <laughs> Chuck. Twice. Chuck. Chuck. At ten past seven on a morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, bless Daniel. No, he's a very nice guy. Although he's still not replying from last week. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. Uh, but the. Uh, yeah, we're just speaking to Tom, and he's just a denim head. He's banging to it, nice and easy, casual podcast, blogger, got a book out, works in denim stores, has a denim academy that you can sign up for online. Read a coach? Great easy. Just a nice one. That's what I fancy. Right. Nice, now. easy yeah. Monday evening recording with it a is. couple of Budweiser's. And uh, what about yourself? Uh, actually, we've got some Baxter's favourites. Yeah. That one might have stand for the night. It's cream of tomato. Yeah. I don't think I'll do that. I'll stick to Budweiser's. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, what's your week been like? Um, yeah, busy. Um, oh, it's always the same, innit? Um, always busy. Um, Which country have you been in? Um, no. Monk Breton. Yeah, just, just <laughs> Barnsley. Yeah. Um, uh, not being away. Um, I'm away tomorrow in Birmingham and then I'm down to Download Festival this weekend. Ah. Um, but last week I weren't anywhere. Uh, I've got a few members of our team going to Northern Ireland in the next couple of weeks. Oh, really? uh, yeah. Work-related. Yeah, just working over in Northern Ireland for a few days. But I'm not going. I'm trying to stay a bit more grounded these days. Um, Would you usually feel like you had to go yeah, and do that? Yeah, it'd usually be me, but Josh is going along um, to Josh Northern is, Ireland. Josh is cool. Yeah, Josh is a good guy. Easy peasy. Uh, and then I've been down to Birmingham today, Birmingham for a couple of days, and then... Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then download festival to see Ozzy Osbourne. Who are you looking forward to seeing most? Um, I'm looking forward to Avenged Sevenfold and right. um, Parkway Drive, who are an Australian hardcore yeah. band, um, which I showed you that song and you really loved. Grip. Vice Grip. Vice Grip. Yep, yep. Yeah, I do really like that yeah. song. I might um, listen to that in car, don't we? Yeah, like it's a proper tune. Uh, but yeah, I'm just getting getting excited for download. But it's one of them. That's Are you like, camping? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What proper tent have you like? Oh, I'm not glamping, mate. Would you <laughs> <laughs> I've not changed that much. <laughs> uh, so I, I, at this point, though, I do have to be really honest. Um, last year, you might I, end up sleeping at <laughs> Land Rover. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Um, uh, I, I do book quiet camping. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I will sleep in a tent, but I like quiet camping. That's one of them where like you can't 
you can't play music after 10 o'clock. <laughs> it's is brilliant. It really? Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of them. If you're going to. Is you're it just you at Mrs.? No, no, I'm going with um, a guy called Matt, uh, Matt Shaw, who's a good friend of mine. Um, and he's. This is really, really interesting. He's like into like Norwegian black metal, which mm. is like unbelievably heavy, screamy, fast metal. Like mm. the most hardcore of metals I think yeah. that I'm aware of. Um, and we've done some charity work as well um, for a company called Limbo Foundation mm-hmm. um, and uh, we've managed to uh, get a ticket through that through that as well so I've got a ticket Matt's got a ticket and I'm also taking Scott from our office oh, which is going to cool, be really it? interesting because Scott is like a massive pop punk fan <laughs> and Matt's like a massive death metal fan <laughs> so it'd be quite interesting how like if we see much of each other all weekend. <laughs> but I'm a bit of an all-rounder. I like dip my toe in all sorts of Yeah, if download I, mean, festival. I mean, I can't think of anybody that goes to... Da- Obviously, Ozzy Osbourne, you mentioned him. I didn't know he were headlining until you just said that. Obviously, I go and watch Ozzy Osbourne because you that's would. a spectacle. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, other than that, I'd just be happy wondering about enjoying a drink, watching anybody. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's just an well, experience. Last year, I saw Slayer, who were awesome. That'd be cool. Um, they were fantastic. Then I saw Aerosmith as well. So it, it goes... A spectacle. Um, Biffy Clyro yeah. through to like... Biffy are actually good. Amazing I, band. I do actually fantastic like band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I saw some cracking bands. Airborne. Uh, I want to see Metallica, me. I've seen Metallica at Leeds Festival. I bet that's... Really, really good. I bet that is really good. Um, but yeah, Guns N' Roses are on as well. The original lineup. But again... What, Slash with Axl Rose? Yeah, and Duff, and whoever plays yeah. drums. Um, oh, it's always the same for drummers, isn't I know, it? I feel a bit sorry for them. <laughs> <laughs> and that guitarist actually retold songs that you haven't mentioned. Yeah. That were... That was... Is he... Oh, I don't know. Yeah, the Slash, and there's a rhythm guitarist, but rhythm guitarist actually wrote most of the songs. Right, oh, I didn't know that. But he's like but a bit of an unsung hero. Are you a Guns N' Roses fan? No, not really, but no. I don't hate them. You can't, because they're just everywhere. Yeah, I just hate Axl Rose, though, now. Yeah. Like, he's, just, I didn't, he's just a bit of a toss knob. Yeah, he is. And I hate to say this, and I don't mean it. But Slash is cool as fuck, and he, he was is. born in Stoke. Yeah. <laughs> Around the time that Robbie Williams was. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but that's where he's from still. Yeah, still yeah. Um, I was going to mention as well, but I don't want this to come across as harsh and I don't wish death on anybody. Mm. <laughs> mm. Uh, but Axel Rose is one of them people that's kind of like, if he would have died in like the early 90s, just as just after like Appetite for Destruction and all that sort of stuff, It'd have been a he would have been known as like a musical <coughs> legend forever. But I almost feel like, because he is a bit of a dick, like I feel like his legends died a bit. Would you say? You know what I mean? Yeah, can't can't uh, live up to it. Like yeah, uh, sign of a poor leader. Yeah. Do you know? Mm. It's funny though, but he actually sings for ACDC as well. Yeah. Right? Which yeah. is cool because ACDC are cool, and he has got a voice yeah. that can rival yeah, 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 what yeah. you know, like what it needs. But yeah, that's Axel. Rose I just don't is like, like him. the reason I don't like yeah. Guns N' Roses. Yeah, uh, and I think I played him too much as a kid. Like. I like. I were literally like Guns and Roses and Queen growing oh, yeah. up. Like, and a lot of um, Motorhead. Of what? Well, of course. I mean, you know, I love Motorhead. See, this is the difference. I bet you still listen to Queen now, though, don't you? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Of course you do, because it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, and I listen to Motorhead now, uh, Black Sabbath, of course, but I don't listen to them. And I think mainly because I overplayed it. Number one, and number two is like 
They might have had a time and a place as well. Yeah, they were yeah. very eighties. Yeah, they were nineties. Um, but yeah, you know, it's going to be a good weekend yeah. basically. Um, um, but yeah, Clobbercall. Let's jump back onto subject. Uh, yeah. Clobbercall obviously is a thing now. Uh, that's just <coughs> launched. Um, it's launched. So by the time this goes out, it would have been introduced a week, pretty uh, much five yeah, days. It's been introduced five a week. Concept uh, behind it, we aren't getting too much into it. Is if you want to buy some raw denims or you just want to ask questions about red wings or denims or jackets or shirts, you know what we've got. Just schedule a call. I've made myself available yep. so I can talk directly. It doesn't have to be FaceTime, Skype or WhatsApp, although I think it would be better if it did because then you can be in the store with me. Uh, it can just be a normal call, but give me a ring because sending clothing back is a fucking ball ache mm. for everybody concerned. Yeah. Uh, but we can stop all that. We can eradicate it. We can gear literally one-to-one service. We can get job done in 10, 15, 20 minutes. Easy. And I don't know if we've touched on this on previous podcasts, but how accurate how accurate do you think you can make a clobber call? Very how accurate. Co- how co- if, you're if super got, confident. Yeah if, yeah, if somebody's willing to ring up and talk, I can't. Make it accurate to somebody that rings up and goes, I want some blue jeans and I'm a 38 waist and the best fit me. You know, like, <laughs> there's got to be a bit of give and take. It's like any relationship. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, it's absolutely, massively, massively, well, I, I massively. Know, so I know how well it happens in store. Massively reduces the risk of missizing. Fucking about, yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Which, which is, is a, which is what everybody needs. We definitely. all need an easy life. Yeah, man, for sure. Uh, so, yeah. Get on website, book a um, call. Any new, I ask this every week, every intro, any, anything new? new uh, we aren't going in? too far in front. Sh- fucking shitloads going off. We aren't going too far in front. Uh, what we're thinking about at the minute is we're doing a denim repair event that's free on all nudie jeans. Okay. Uh, if this goes out on Friday, it'll be a week tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, nudie's coming up. Uh, they have okay. a massive amount of repairs to do in London, but you have to take them into store, Ball Lake. This way, all customers in North of Nudie Jeans can come in, and Sean and Carl, I believe it is from Nudie, will mm-hmm. be uh, repairing all day for great. free. And is that on the sixteenth of June? Yes, because we've got a po- our podcast next week should be with uh, yes, the sustainability manager of Nudie. Is it in day? I think it might be a day one, to be honest. Yeah. 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 So, so there cool. you go. Uh, yeah, so that's that. So I think maybe we should uh, get Tom a ring because there's lots to chat about. So mm-hmm. I think we'll be on phone to him for a yeah for a good hour. What you what what are you wearing today? You clobbered up. Clobbered. I'm very clobbered up. Actually, very clobbered up. That's I just know. noticed yeah. that. So totally clobbered. Do you wanna, do you wanna go through it? I've got my 1907s on, which have just been uh, got restored in store. Yeah, on looking Saturday. smart. Yeah. It's Monday, so it's Marks and Socks Monday. Of course, I've naturally. Got a, I've got to rep me on hashtag. So I've got some chup socks on. Chup. Uh, yeah. Chup. Mm. Chup. Yeah. You know them that... Them uh, that keep cancelling on. Them that don't have phones. Yeah, cheers, Daniel. Uh, I've got some uh, Edwin <laughs> Rainbow, Rainbow Salvage. Salvage. Yeah, because they're nice. even though, like, Ed... You know, like... I really like colour of them, actually. I'm not kidding, Glenn, mate. Edwin are uh, really fucking comfy. <laughs> they look mint. It's like you've, they've been around for, like, 70 years... Uh, the but price point like is cheaper. They are a bit more commercial. Uh, how much? How much of them you've got on them? Rainbow what? Salvage, because they're they're really really nice. One hundred and forty quid. Is that it's it? It's like second cheapest. Yeah, second cheapest salvage <coughs> you've got in shop. And to be honest, 
regarding the um, there's like an underlay that's not white. Is it yellowy? Uh, is, yeah. is it? I don't know. Almost no. Like a bit golden. In a like way. like gold cast. It's rainbow salvage. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they do a bit, but I have panned them in a bit, so they are kind of coloured up to my routine. <laughs> and yeah. I think the stitching is also quite bright. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, so that works as well. Great. And then I've obviously I've got my Red Wing tee on. Red RGT hat. And my RGT hat that What's I decided on Friday. Is that the a belt, belt? Is Barnes a sample. It's a collaboration between us and Barnes and More. It that's comes good. out this month. It's that's a, a remake. That's of a big old thicken, isn't it? It's fucking intense. It's good old moon up. It's like <laughs> a. Uh, it's like. Uh, <laughs> It's five mil thick, two. It's five mil <laughs> wide, two inch thick. Jesus, we've it's like a corset. We've had, <laughs> we've had a double buckle sandcast in UK for its specifics. So mm. Bottles for this. It's a remake of one of my vintage railroad belts I've got. That's like a couple of year, you know, hundred mm. year old or whatever. What, uh, uh, what you, have you got? Any dust wallet? Have you? I've got my dust wallet. Yeah, yeah. Got my dust wallet. Biker wallet. Biker wallet. Yeah, I'm getting cool. on with that. Look, it's got a suntan. Ah, <laughs> it's cool, isn't it? That's mint, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, I've got my eat dust key fob with my shop keys on. Yeah, so you are properly clobbered up today. I've got you? my ages handcraft key fob with my house keys on. Oh, okay. Oh, wait a minute. With my tannery self clobber cam uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. toggle. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, Jesus Christ, I'm like a walking advert for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and my RGT app. You dressed as a uh, fake lumberjack guy. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen that on door? Yeah, it's yeah. good, isn't it? Yeah, it is cool. Uh, right then, shall we? Uh, let's crack on. Let's yep, get Tom. Let's call ring. Tom. How we doing, Tom? We all right, mate? We good. Yeah. You? Good. Yeah. Sound, mate. Sound. Uh, sat here with Glenn as always. Hey, Tom. Hey, hey, Glenn. So, uh, tell us, Tom, whereabouts are you now, mate? What you been up to today? What's that store called, Tom? Uh, it's called Bont. Bont. And it's a, Bont. a denim store. It's a denim store. It's been around since um, 04. So yeah. it's actually coming up on 15 years uh, next January. Ah. I think it is. So, yeah. Oh, it's cool. been around for a while. I mean, this is where I started for me. Uh, this is where I used to work here while I was a student. So, right. But, uh, but now I'm back. Now I'm back for a little, uh, <laughs> for a few days, a month. <laughs> yep. What, uh, what sort of? Uh, so that's uh, that. Well, that will that leads me on to my first question, Tom. Obviously, we met each other through Instagram initially, and then since then we've gone on to actually meet each other properly. You know, in real life. Uh, <laughs> So uh, yeah, we've proved that we're not both waxworks. <laughs> one of them, innit? <laughs> but the uh, so tell us then, how did yeah that, that was my first question. How did uh, Tom of Denim Hunters? Uh, how did the raw denim love start for you? Well, it started. Uh, I believe it's yeah, it's more than ten years ago. Um, I mean, my interest in denim goes way back to my childhood. I mean, I was I was kind of a um, at the time, I thought it was just a weirdo because I was, I was really into clothing. Um, I was checking out the details. Uh, I remember going through my father's closet and checking out his old raggy Lee jeans, and it's just like I don't know why, but um, I mean, 
back then it wasn't it wasn't broad and i mean it wasn't even only denim i was i was a skateboarder so i was wearing you know uh, uh, super baggy diggies and you know all that kind of stuff yeah yeah um but the denim thing started i guess around maybe 2005 something like that uh where i started realizing that okay something's happening you know i, I had these jeans i remember i had some some levi's jeans um it wasn't like the regular ones it was it, it wasn't lvc though it was just some some fashion kind of jeans and they faded quite quickly mm-hmm. so i think that's when i started realizing i had some I had some Lee Powell's, they were called from the, like the main Lee line as well, and 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 those I I got a little fade in, but I didn't know what it was. I mean, uh, it was only when so in 2007 I started working in a store, but you know it wasn't selling denim at the time. But that's I, I moved to a bigger city. Um, I come out from the countryside, so I moved to mm-hmm. Aarhus, the second biggest city of Denmark, where, yeah. uh, to, to study, and I I got a part-time job in a store and. And the first store, you know, that was just selling suits. That wasn't. That was really weird. I mean, you, you <laughs> walk in, and I was, I was wearing suits. It was. <laughs> you won't see that anymore. Um, but not within long, I got a job in another store that was selling like Edwin jeans and Acne jeans and APCs. And uh, that's, I think, where it really started. That was in 2008. Um, and you know, it also goes, you know, my. What I've been doing with Denim Hunters, I guess, uh, more or less consciously throughout the years, it's, it's been about, you know, sharing knowledge, uh, that, that's what it's all about. And, and at the time, back in, in 08, 09, I was working in the store selling raw denim jeans. Um, and, you know, I had to explain to, to customers, as, as I'm sure you also often do, uh, you know, you have to explain what it is and what, what's happening, you know what is raw and, and why yeah why all why all talk about washing or not washing and all of that and and you know this really got me interested in in denim i think um in in in, in raw denim and that, that so, that's the store that you, that's not the store that you're in now then that was a store no, in Aarhus. no that store actually doesn't exist anymore uh it was it was in in Aarhus. and then yeah. in 2010 i moved to copenhagen uh and actually for a year i worked I worked full time in like uh, in between. I, I finished my bachelor's degree in, in, in communication, moved to Copenhagen, uh, got a full time job for a year in, in a more commercial store. It wasn't about raw denim. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in 11, I went back to school and I got a part time job in this store that I'm back in now. Um, and and I, this, at the time, the store was talking uh, LVC, uh, Big John. Uh, Edwin, which we still do. Mm-hmm. Um, now we also stock uh, Indigo Ferra, uh, Ironheart, um, yeah. Lee, Lee 101, and uh, other brands as well. I mean, uh, what's probably the biggest selection of Red Wing in, in, in Denmark. Uh, cool. I think some 25 options or something like that. Um, so, you know, this is a, like, I guess, a proper denim store. Uh, and yeah, I mean, we we like to believe that this is the best denim store in Copenhagen, uh, quite modestly, but yeah. <laughs> how many is there out there, Tom? Uh, in the store? <clears throat> no, the how many denim stores in Copenhagen? Yeah, that's the thing, because, I mean, there's only a couple, so it's not that, you know, <laughs> yeah. the competition isn't that big. <laughs> but I mean, this, it's, it's not that there are 
aren't any denim stores is in Copenhagen or in Denmark in general. It's just this kind, you know, this specific niche within yeah. raw and yeah, yeah. and all of that. You know, it is a niche. Uh, and and you know, Danes they like you know skinny stretch jeans more than, than the raw kind, I guess. So, um, but I mean, this the store is located in a sort of. Um, wealthy neighborhood where you see a lot of strollers in the street you know mm-hmm. uh, young families so um so it's I mean, good for most, that most of the customers out here they're just regular guys who want a pair of good jeans <laughs> it, it's yeah. not that you know you will have maybe one in 20 or something like that who's like out at denim head yeah kind of. so you know but still you know um yeah i we sort of serve the market here <laughs> good good and is it the uh, <clears throat> has it been in the same location for all 14 yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, it has. It has. Uh, I mean, the, the neighborhood is called Ustabo. Um, yeah, and it's been sitting here in this street uh, all along. Actually, it was supposed to be a vintage furniture store. Okay. But, so the owner figured out, hey, maybe it's better if just if I sell some clothing. So, um, and and I think he he's, he started with a, a more commercial store, and then I think around. 2007 or six or something like that you know he got interested in, in raw denim and all of this and, and started stocking some of these friends and red wing i think the it was the first store to have red wing in denmark i believe it's been 10 years or more so um yeah cool that's really good and does it uh, <clears throat> what was it like back at the start because you were the first people to sort of do it uh, yep. do you find that it's got busier over the years, or does it just feel the same to you as when you worked there back in the day? Or no, I mean it's definitely uh, different today, um, and you know there's this there's more knowledge about you know um, more of the sort of regular guys who come in. They have an idea of what the kind of jeans we sell that they are. Uh, so I mean we yeah I, I think it, it, it's yeah it's gotten more. Yeah. Not uh, mainstream. More, yeah, no, but not mainstream, but more more common in a way. I mean, it's not it's not crazy anymore to when you when you a customer comes in and he's, he's looking for a pair of jeans and it's like, yeah, we only have uh, the the unwashed kind. I mean, back in the day, you would often yeah. have people like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, and I mean. We, we still we still have uh, quite a few faded jeans, so you know you will have that. I mean, you put new jeans on the counter and then you put the faded ones next to them and and still you know a lot of people they're like no i mean they're not the same you know yeah uh, yeah i i, I want the the one in ones yeah, yeah. yeah you buy the new ones you wear them and they <laughs> look like this uh so i mean we, we we still get that of course but um but I, yeah i think it also i mean for two years now there's been a, a new store manager here and he's he's turning things around i think uh, uh taking yeah uh, i mean doing doing good things for the store i think so uh, yeah that's good too so uh what uh just out of interest in copenhagen what's the most popular brands and that you find people are interested in in the store out here i mean for sure it's edwin um in this store for sure it's Edwin but that's not Copenhagen in general I mean again uh, I think it would be more like for, for the more for more general consumers it, it, it's for sure more, more fashionable brands yeah so, of I mean, course even mm-hmm. f- fast fashion and stuff like yeah. that 
Uh, but out here, you know, Edwin is doing quite well. Um, yeah, uh, Indigo Ferrer as well, especially the tops. And uh, yes, I mean, Ironheart just landed, I think, a month ago. And we are actually, surprisingly, in this heat, selling 25-ounce denim. So um, that's <laughs> pretty good. Uh, good stuff. It, uh, yeah. So let's tell us, I mean, for anybody that's not, uh, that's not spoke to you before or knows of you on Instagram, Tom from Denim Hunters is basically a uh, is he runs a blog. He's got an Instagram. Uh, he's been a writer on denim for quite a few years now. Tom, that's fair yep. to say, isn't it, mate? Uh, yep. Tell us. Obviously, you've had a book out uh, with I think. Well, we're going to get into that as well. Blue blooded. Uh, so tell us. Let's concentrate on Denim Hunters. Uh, how did that yep. start? Who with? What sort of stuff did you do, and what's the situation now? Yeah, so I mean, it started back uh, around 2000, 2010, the autumn of that year, uh, was when I was working in that store full-time, that commercial store. Yeah. Um, and I was sort of missing, I was, I was kind of missing denim, uh, because we were just selling a lot of chinos and, you know, no real jeans yeah uh, and at, I mean I just gotten you know smitten I guess by the by the blue virus as uh, about uh, Munich uh, calls it you yeah. know, so I was I was really spending a lot of time researching about denim um, and I actually I was my sister-in-law told me I mean why don't you create a blog to sort of put a place to put all this knowledge that you're gathering yeah um, and at the time, I was like, no way. I mean, I, I hate blogs, was like my response at the time. because <laughs> Blogs are <laughs> I mean, blogs, I think, seven, eight years ago were a little different. It wasn't, I mean, it's, um, I mean, when, when, when people told me, you know, uh, you have to be a blogger, it was like, I don't want to be that kind of person who likes puts himself in front of the camera all the time, talks about uh, all the free stuff he's getting. Um, I don't know. So, I, uh, but it, I mean, eventually I sort of, uh, I got convinced and, you know, started just writing stuff. And, and for the first year, it was actually in Danish. Uh, so remember, we are five million, five million people who, who read Danish. I mean, yeah. not, e- not even the Swedes can read it. So it's like really limited population there. Uh, in terms of reach, and then I figure out, hey, why not just write in English? Um, so I did that after a year, and just had a lot of fun with it. I mean, um, it, it was not a business. Uh, I didn't. I, it was just a hobby uh, for me, really. I didn't see it, uh, the potential in it uh, to become a business. I was just, you know, getting in touch with as many people, brands, retailers, uh, influencers as I could, uh, learning and sharing. Um, reaching out to to other people who would, who would guest blog. Uh, I mean, there was no money involved. There was a few freebies here and there, uh, which we then would, would take pictures of and post. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess I ended up being that blogger. But um, and, and then I think it was 2013 or 14 when I uh, actually, I mean, I've from the beginning, it was just me. Uh, yeah. Then I part- partnered up with two guys to sort of uh, see where we could take the blog, and we launched uh, a web store, um, like a, uh, it's kind of a, 
dropshipping setup where we would stock some small uh, brands that we thought were really cool and they would uh, send out uh, the orders directly. Um, yeah. So how did that? The, how did that go, Tom? Well, I mean, I, it was uh, a lot more work than I had anticipated. I mean, I had an idea of how much work it was, uh, and I guess I was doing too many things at the time to really commit fully to it. So, again, that's why when when we met and I said to you, it's like I can't believe how you can do all of what you're doing because I've I've tried. <laughs> Uh, I've tried it at least, given it a shot, and I, I know how much work it is. So, yeah. Um, and I mean, it also felt for me that maybe okay, this is this with retail. I mean, I, I think it's certainly interesting, but um, and and it has some potential, but it just wasn't what I felt at the time that I wanted to focus on. Yeah. Uh, because then we get into 2015, and that's when um, I got the idea to write a book. Yeah. Um, so, and I, I guess that was in the spring of 15 and, uh, I've been, you know, spending some time researching, okay, what do you need to do to, uh, how can you make a living being a blogger and what are some of the steps that, you know, you could take and, and I, I one of them would be like, okay, you need to get published like properly in print. Um, and it's something I thought about also back when I started. Yeah. You know, I remember I was, um, my first book on denim was uh, from Cowboys to Catwalks. Uh, I'm sure it's like the it's like the new jeans of the APCs uh, okay. of books, right? It's where <clears throat> everyone starts. It's 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 like what you build your knowledge foundation yeah. on. Um, so and and when I got that, it's like yeah, maybe one day I could write something, you know, whatever like this. Yeah. Um, so it, it it was sort of a dream. I guess uh, throughout the years, and uh, and then in fifteen, yeah, I decided. Okay, now I want to give it a go. Um, and the idea I had was that I could basically book a blog, uh, like I could turn my blog into a book. Um, and so I sat down, reviewed all the content, and quite quickly realized, okay, maybe yeah, I would need to write everything from scratch. Okay. Um, May, I, and I figured out, I mean, I hadn't published anything before, so I kind of was checking out, okay, how do you do this? I mean, and turns out you need uh, like a book proposal. So I sort of made one of those and was ready to send it out to publishers. Um, and I was in touch with one publisher who was kind of interested, but, you know, it didn't go anywhere. And then kind of out of the blue, uh, I was contacted by Gestalten, who ended up publishing the book I mean and I honestly didn't know about them before it's, it's a little <laughs> embarrassing because how, how did they know uh, about you I, do you think Tom uh, through Denimantus I mean they they knew the blog and they were doing a similar project they wanted a book about denim uh, so they reached out to me and said uh, yeah we think you could help us do a book about denim and I was like yeah that's what I want to do so it was a uh, I don't know kind of destiny I guess yeah. Um, but so we ended up uh, yeah making a deal and cool. they um, put me together with uh, a British author and journalist uh, Josh Sims who actually I mean he wrote half of the book um, I guess I sort of took the lead on figuring out all the brands and, and retailers and influencers that we should put in there that Josh then would profile so he yeah. wrote all the profiles 
uh, we we worked together on, on on you know who to talk to, and he did the work, and then I did all the sort of more historical technical uh, information that's in the book, and that's where I really had to you know research deep because I'm not trained in textiles. I mean, I'm trained in in marketing communications. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, and I mean, once you put something in a book, it's like it's gonna stay there. So you can't go back. Like it's you know, you, if you love that with with online, right? You can just always yeah. go back and edit when you make that typo or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I've done that a million times. So, um, but with a book, it's of course different. And and I'm kind of a perfectionist, so I wanted it to be. I mean, it had to be right. Um, so I spend a lot of time talking to people who work in mills and designers and jeans makers, you know, to make sure that what I put in the book was actually also factually correct. Yeah. Um, but that was, I mean, that was so much fun. It was a lot of work. Uh, I mean, I think at the time I didn't think it was that fun, but, you know, it's just... In hindsight. Uh, I, yeah, I got really deep and it was, um, I think it was only three months that sort of period of, of research and write, writing and because they they reached out to me in I think August and in May the book was out so, so I mean oh, that's, that's good that, yeah a quick, pretty quick turnaround I think um, compared so, to yeah so I know do you get books, a, so. when you get a publishing deal like that then uh, Tom yeah. do you almost get like a retainer some sort of money that you can live off in order to be able to spend three months researching it mm, yeah I mean I did. I, I don't know. I mean, uh, what's 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 common here? But so I got it in advance, uh, and then you know, for the rest, it's it's royalties. And I mean, I'm really seriously making pennies on that book. So I knew from the beginning that I mean, it was it wasn't going to be like something that would uh, that I would make a lot of money on. It was it was more. Um, it's an achievement, it's, though, isn't it? It's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's sort of a stepping stone, I guess. Uh, it, it's certainly the best business card you can ever have. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, sure. So, I mean, and it was fun. I mean, it's also, I think that it was also a process of me, for, for me to sort of to really learn, like, I mean, truly learn how denim is made, how jeans are made, what what's everything that's happening. Uh, still, of course, if, if you go out to someone who's actually working in a factory and has done so for years, they can take me out in, in two seconds mm -hmm. but I yeah. I mean I guess I know just a little more than, than most guys and that's 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 <laughs> what I needed because that sort of takes us on to the next step um, that you know back to what else can you do yeah with a blog I mean how can you make a blog a living and yeah. the way I mean you did it with with retail right now yeah. and, and a million other things uh, what the idea I had was okay uh, it was online education because yes. it's like yeah online education you make it once and you can sell it infinitely yeah. uh, brilliant idea so that's what I spent uh, 2000 yeah 17 yeah. 16 17 uh, doing which building. is the denim academy yes the denim hunters academy with the with the course denim 101 yeah uh, and yeah I guess yeah it was it was um it was 16 or 17 that I launched it. I think I got, yeah, 16, end of 16, I sort of started pitching it. Yeah. Um, uh, crowdfunded the production of the first course uh, in setting everything up on my platform. 
Um, what platform and, did um, you use to crowdfund it, Tom? I mean, I actually just, uh, I didn't use any crowdfunding platform. I looked into it, but I knew that, I mean, the, the crowdfunders would put in pretty big amounts each. Yeah. Um, so they would, I mean, the handling fees wouldn't make sense. Uh, I actually just used my network. I reached out to Candiani, for instance, and said, hey, I'm doing this thing. Would you like to help me make it possible? Ah, okay. Uh, so I guess my phone was my crowdfunding platform. <laughs> that's that's oh, brilliant. It's called Hustle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, and I mean, then spent last spring making that and putting it out. And sort of in the meantime, I, I, had, a, I had a daughter, the first one. Uh, she's Congratulations. Now, so thanks. So, I mean, that sort of... Uh, yeah, um, well, everything just took a little longer than expected, I guess. And uh, But it's uh, been out now six months, something like that. Uh, um, how's that going, Tom? So it's going well, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's going really well. Uh, it's uh, reaching out to people who, yeah, like <laughs> like myself, wanted to learn about denim. And uh, now so to, there's uh, a way... Sorry, to, uh, to, to sum up the Academy, uh, if you were explaining to somebody brand new to it how, how would you explain that in you know in a paragraph yeah what does what, somebody what, get out of it so exactly, for people yeah. that are listening tom and they're thinking hang on a minute this is interesting yeah uh what you know if we were to really break it down for a minute what is it that the academy does how do they get in touch what does what does it uh, require basically yeah. exactly so i mean the denim hunters academy is designed and built for people who work with denim uh, who sell denim and jeans. Um, that's the key target audience. So it would be people in retail, young and upcoming designers who need to learn. Okay. Um, and it's uh, all online. You uh, create a member account, you buy access to the course, and then you can watch it as much as you want. Uh, it's five modules, 25 lessons, teaches you everything you need to know about denim and jeans, all the basics at least. I mean, again, it's not gonna give you like a master's degree in denim, uh, that would of course take a lot more work, but it's what you need if you if you work with jeans, okay. if you're an upcoming designer, uh, if you're someone maybe who works in marketing who's uh, who needs to communicate about jeans, let's say you work for a jeans brand or a retailer, uh, you don't know the first thing about jeans, I mean, this would be the place to go. Okay, yeah. uh, so it's, it's built to, to educate, but also to help uh, the learners understand how to use the knowledge. So, you know, of course, you know, it's nice to have a lot of knowledge about jeans, but if you don't know how to put it to use when you're standing in front of the customer, you know, it's basically worthless and uh, might even hurt you if you sort of just go into that over you know that mode where you just overload the customer with with the information yeah so, yeah um, of course so that was a bit more than a paragraph uh, <laughs> no that's fine <laughs> so how do people sign up for the course and what does it take you know is it do people do it in their own time is it structured uh is it structured yep. in terms of the classes? How does all that side work, mate? No, I mean, it, it's uh, you can do it on your own time. You can do it how you want. Uh, I decided to do that because some people might want to take it in just a weekend, maybe. Some might want to take it over a longer period of time. Uh, but, you know, yeah, so it, it's self-paced. You just, yeah, you log in and you, you 
can watch. Uh, I mean, I purposely made the lessons as short as possible because, again, it's everyone's busy these days. So, I mean, if you you can buy my book if you want to sit down and and read everything, but this is more for the guys who just need some quick knowledge about okay, how is, what what is this indigo dyeing? How does it work? For instance, you can watch that lesson. It's uh, five eight minutes, something like that, and and, and so on. Um, so I mean, um, yeah, that's that's the way it works. Ah, that's good. I think I'm gonna do it. Yeah, you should. I'll do it. I mean, and and, I'll. Uh, and, uh, yeah. I can document uh, uh, it on the uh, on the Clubbercam blog and through yeah. podcasts and stuff like that. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, cool. Yeah, that yeah, will I mean, do it. It's, it's really easy to. I mean, you just. Um, all you have to do is go on go into denimonster.com up in the in the menu bar there's a, you, you click uh, get an account and then you first create your free member account and then you can basically upgrade that member account into a subscription for the course ah, so that's, that's the setup yeah and can people uh, do as little or as much as they want or is it like one fee for them and then they have to do the whole course or do you pay for like snippets as you're going along so to speak no i mean it's it's one fee. I mean, and you can, of course, you can be on there as much as you want, uh, as little as you want. I mean, it's uh, yeah. When when you have access, it's it's you you decide basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very cool. Well, I'm sure that will be interesting to mm. people, uh, uh, and I'm sure they'll go to your website and I'm sure they'll check it out, Tom. John, uh, uh, can can I just jump in? Um, yeah. Um, what what's been most successful? Uh, has it been the online courses or the, or the book? What what's what are you most proud of? Or the blog itself? Or the blog itself? Yeah. I think the blog is really the the core of everything. I yes. Think. Without that, there wouldn't be anything. So, and the fact that I've been doing that uh, more or less consistently over the past seven and a half years, I think that's what I'm most mm-hmm. proud of. Uh, yeah, for sure. Because, uh, but I, I think getting the book out that was really a big deal because um it's a massive achievement yeah i mean i think uh this i know this is not true but people there seems to be like uh you know a way of thinking that you know yeah anyone can do a blog that's easy getting a book out that's difficult and i you know we know that i mean you know as well <laughs> running a blog that's not easy either but it just it, it looks maybe a little easier uh I mean, getting a book out that isn't easy, but uh, but yeah, I think uh, so. So I mean, that makes me proud, of course. Um, yeah, of course. But in yeah, in yeah, I guess to, to people that are listening, then how how often do you try and get new content up on your website for the blog, and what do you look for when? What's your core? Like for me, for my for my blog, my uh, my core reasoning behind it my vision is to just get dudes involved so i'll i'll talk about craft beer i'll talk about denim i'll talk about motorcycles you know like obviously it's 80 percent denim and stuff like that but my core is getting other people's voices heard that's the content that i look for what is it that you look for when you're looking to publish something well i mean i think at the core of it, it would be to teach, uh, yeah. to, to educate. Uh, but I mean, I think of myself as a communicator. 
Yeah. Uh, I think of myself as someone who can uh, who can edit, who can you know find out find information through experts, uh, and then communicate that, uh, mm. and we'll then see. through that educate really, I guess. Yeah. Um, so I mean that's what I've been that's what I'm looking for, I guess, at yeah. the moment. Um, and but it's, it's also the stories of people. I mean, I recently launched this. Uh, the series which you uh you know the series of, of interviews uh which you yeah. answered uh, quite recently <laughs> so um you got me off so guard yeah, <laughs> i've seen yeah. that <laughs> um so i mean in that but that's also the stories of, of people i think that are that are doing something interesting um, yeah cool and i mean at the, at the moment it's it's instagrammers but um, i think that could also be branched out to to brands to retailers to to others as well so, yeah um, yeah. Well, you yeah. were you were uh, filming with Red Wing, weren't you, when I went to the head office? Yeah, in I was, Amsterdam. I was, yeah, yeah we're filming uh, Dom. You were interviewing Dom. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nice <laughs> yes. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I was. Uh, I mean, that was. Um, I've been doing some work with uh, Red Wing as well, so that was that was part of Bio's next step for us. Um, some some educational content from them. Uh, Nothing's ready, nothing's decided yet, but uh, but we were there, we got some footage, and it's good. So uh, hopefully cool. something will come of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. fantastic. Yep. And mm-hmm. this is probably me being a little bit green to it all, but seven and a half years on the blog, um, a full book, and online training courses. How much more can you write, <laughs> like you know, like about about denim? You know, is, do you do you is it more challenging now to find blog blog titles and articles content, content or uh, or do, do you are you still learning? Is is there ever a point where you know everything about denim, or is there just so much happening? At, like, how how does that shape, Tom? I think that's one of the greatest things about denim is that you know you can never know it all um and i mean i know guys who've worked with it for, for way more years than i have and, and they still like yeah we, we can still learn yeah. um so there's always something new to learn i mean in terms of my writing i think it's only gotten easier uh okay. i mean as I, i'd like to think that i've gotten better over the years uh mind you also that i mean i had to again uh, I'm not a journalist uh, either. I mean, I had mm-hmm. a few courses in journalism, but I had to sort of try and learn that as well. Uh, learn to write in uh, a second language that is not my native language. Um, so it, it's, and I mean, I, I think that's fun. Uh, it, it's, and I, and I continue to, I mean, I guess I'm a bit of a word geek as well, like language geek. So I sort of try and soak up as much as I can and, and, and use use it. Uh, and I think that's that's fun. I mean, I guess not a lot of people will tell that I may have spent a lot of time just on one sentence sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I think it's, yeah, I think that's fun. Uh, the editing, I mean, of course, I've, I've, I've uh, developed routines and, and ways of, you know, uh, proving I mean, uh, my own stuff. And, and so, I mean, in that sense, it's gotten a lot easier. Uh, this, you know structures of blog post uh, headlines you mentioned yeah all of that that's that's basically a science that you can you can learn and, and you can i mean uh, at 
least there's an element of, of science to it. Of course, it's also an art form, I guess, to be good at, to be a good copywriter. Um, but I mean, copywriting is actually something I've been doing professionally as well for the past four years. Uh, ever since I got out of school, I've been, you know, so next to running the blog, writing the book, doing the online course, you know, I'm also offering my my services on a freelance basis, which I've been doing for the, for the past four years. Um, cool. So, so I mean, and one of the th- jobs I do there is, is write copy, write text. Um, so, yeah, um, in that sense, you know, I, I guess I am a bit of a language geek. Um, but in terms of the content, in terms of the stories, uh, I guess, you know, I, I've been through the phase of, you know, the whole Eureka thing of, you know, whoa, raw denim, don't wash, uh, fades, it happens. And so, you know, that's still interesting, but it's, uh, it's not something I spent, I guess, uh, I mean, I spent some time on it in the sense that I tried to educate about it. Um, then, you know, um, but, but what I find really interesting at the moment is sort of the, the intersection between what's happening out in the streets and, and in the stores um, with with denim heads, with regular regular guys, and what's happening in you know deep into the denim industry, which I've also gotten into over the, the past years. Um, you know, with like most recently artificial intelligence and then robotics and denim and sustainability, something you hear about quite a lot when you go to mm. trade shows like Kingpins. Uh, in Amsterdam. I'm going to refer back to Kingpins. Do you think the, not the denim, the denim industry is one of the biggest clothing industries in the world, mm-hmm. but the raw denim, the salvage denim industry, yeah. do you think anybody's actually got a lot of money from it? <laughs> or, or is it that niche uh, there's just people like us that love it you know like and we, we scratch a living out of it and we hope to do better but you know like like you know that side of it what is your opinion because you've been in it longer than me so you'll have seen more than me and uh, you know I mean so you're not driven by money I'm not driven by money most people aren't that do it because it's an art really it's a creative outlet for us as well but what uh yeah how big do you think the industry the raw denim industry is really if you were to summarize it tom i mean it is a niche within the denim industry for sure uh but it's gotten a lot bigger uh that's that's also a fact uh there's new markets opening up that are really booming in southeast asia for instance um it's gotten again like i've uh, you know, noticed in, in this store here in Copenhagen, uh, more people kind of, they're, they're not that afraid of it anymore. Um, but I mean, I guess that's also partly a trend thing that, you know, we're going a little back to slightly more, you know, straighter cuts and, and, and rigid denims without stretch. And so let's see. But I think, I think it's also the thing with, with this kind of denim is that is once you've really tried it, it's difficult to go back to those crappy jeans you used Very to wear true. before. Very true yeah. indeed. Yeah. And um, I, so, I can relate I mean, to that. Yeah. Once you sort of convert it, yeah, you, you're not coming back. No. Really. Um, so, so that's, I, I guess that's, uh, uh, that's what's happening. Um, but, I mean, 
mean, and then your question, can you, you know, can you really make a lot of money from this? I mean, yeah, a few people have. I mean, look at, look at Nudie, for instance. They started with raw denim. And they do it properly as well, to be fair. They are very yeah, sustainable. Yeah. 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 I mean, they. I quite and, like the marketing. But I think, you know, they've been successful because they've been so true to their ideals, even as they've grown. I mean, obviously, they also have a lot of uh, pre washed jeans now in their collection uh, because that's what a lot of people like to have. Um, Do you think it might be price points that scare people? You know, when it comes to getting into it. So I think, I mean, people come into my store, Tom, and they they absolutely love the look of it. Uh, Mm -hmm. They're happy to chat. They love the idea of wearing some salvage denim. Uh, But it's, you know, just shy of the unbrand brand. You sort of like, your start point's 140 Mm. quid, and that might be for some Edwins. And then that can go all the way up to 300 quid, which might be your... Iron Hearts, let's say. Now, we do sell nudies in store, uh, and we sell nudies in the 100 quid. So they are, you know, they're at a decent price point, but none of it's salvage. Uh, then if I got if I get nudie salvaging, it'll be interesting, because I have got some coming, uh, that comes in at £175. I sometimes wonder, would people choose nudie over Edwin, or would they choose nudie over Tellison? Mm, I know what you mean. Do you know what I mean? Like it's uh, even though it fades, amazing. Sean's worn them for years, and we've got them on wall, and they look amazing. But it's uh, do you think it's a price point that stops it being as accessible? Yeah, for, for sure. I mean, price. I mean, in the in the market today, it is. I and and not just raw denim, fashion, clothing in general. Price is just so important. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look at the Primarks, look at all the fast fashion, all of that, and it's it's crazy. I mean, and, and people are just, um, I think it's, it's that a, a lot of regular consumers, they don't think about it. They just like, oh, now I can get jeans for like 20 quid, <laughs> and now they're 15. It's like, okay, yeah. it's just happy days, and it's, it's, <laughs> it's just getting better and better. Uh, and yeah, okay, they might just last for three months, but I don't care. They didn't really cost anything. So, well, you know, it's, it, and, and I'm not blaming the consumers. It's not that I'm, you know, I don't want to point fingers. It's just a fact that yeah. Yeah. this is, you know, because there's, there's price wars going on with these massive companies. So, yeah, H&M does a jean at that price. Then yeah, yeah. Uh, Lidl or whatever supermarket store will do it even cheaper. Then you have all your... <laughs> Pull and Bear and, and Sarah and all of that, even cheap. And, you know, it, it's a downward spiral. Um, and, and, you know, we all lose this in the end because it's, it's you know, massively destructive, uh, this, this kind of uh, consumerism. So, but, so I think, yeah, price is important even, even in, in, in heritage, raw denim, whatever we call that niche. Um, it is. Um, and there needs to be sort of you know gateways into it. You need to have your your non-salvage nudies or, or your APCs or, or what it might be uh, mm-hmm. that you know that guy who's used to spending let's say fifty quid on jeans. He can come in and he can sort of get upgraded and and get in, into it um, before he puts down those three hundred quid for Iron Hearts or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, at least most guys would. would feels like that yeah um but so, but i think it's yeah 
Sorry, sorry to cut you off there, Tom. Uh, so, would you would you say that it, it's massively important to it's massively important to have a gateway in? So, we're we're saying, of course, like an entry you know, gene, an entry gene, yeah, like like an unbranded brand or like a you know the non-selfish nudies. Do you think that they're yeah. a massive stepping stone advocate for the road? Yeah. So, would you say that? Yeah, they are cheaper. They're not exactly the iron arts or the telesons of this world but would you say that that helps pave the way for people like iron art and telesen and do you th- would you see that the higher price point denim brands are quite happy to have the other guys at the lower end of the price point because without that stepping stone p- the industry might be a lot smaller would you, would you agree on that thomas or would you would yeah, you say that they I, see that as as major competition no, I think you answered your own question, of course. I mean, uh, if, if everyone is afraid of spending 300 quid on jeans and, yeah. and, and that's all you can get, if, I mean, that's the only kind you can get, you know, there wouldn't be a lot of people starting to convert yeah. into raw denim, mm. uh, obviously. So, and I think also if you just look at sort of how you put together, you know, the, the products you have in your store, uh, the offering in general, of course, you need to have different different fits uh different different weights maybe when you talk like raw denim uh different brands uh, different details but yeah. of course also different price points i of mean course, of course. um so so yeah uh i, I yeah i agree <coughs> it, it's it is it is important mm-hmm. and i don't i mean i don't know if the brands would tell you this but you know without without the you know they they need to be there together, I think. So. Yeah, I think so. So I'm going to ask a, uh, I'm going to ask you a question now, Tom. This is just me and you chatting, uh, yeah. opinion-wise. See, I think that when somebody puts on a pair of rows, let's just use Telesum for example again, or 316 or RGT. You know, something that comes in around the 200 pound mark, maybe a little bit less, a little bit more. Uh, it don't really matter who it is. Uh, I think they always look better wearing them. That's just my personal preference. You know, like, no matter what jeans I've worn when they come in, just shy of them being the same jeans. <laughs> uh, I always look at them when they come out of the changing room and go, yeah, now you're wearing a proper pair of trousers and you look cooler. You do, you know, like, I think you look cooler. So, now, raw denim ain't as expensive as Gucci. <laughs> it's, not, it's not as expensive as Armani. So, but I'm, I can tell you now, this is just my personal opinion and my style preference, that if some swanky Premier League footballer walked into the store wearing a full Armani outfit that cost him 3,000 quid, I think I could kit him out for 600 quid and he'd look twice as good when he walks back out. <laughs> but do you think that's a preference in style? Do you ever think that raw dent... I mean, what's not to like about it? It's dark blue, it's smart, it's yeah. selvaged, it's crisp. Yeah. It's not. Un- it's not unfashionable. It's not weird. It's. N- it's not. It's not strange. It's not out there like being a goth or or all like that. Do you know? Like it's. It's in the mainstream. Yeah, people put on a pair of good raw denim jeans, and the, anybody no. looks good in them. Yeah. So yeah, sure. so so to me, that means that it could become. Bigger. Yeah, but I don't I know. I don't know if that's actually the case. Like it's just feel, in my head. Do you feel the passion no, in your voice and you're building you know, up? You know what I'm saying, <laughs> don't you? But yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, I mean, just let's let's look back at history for a little while. Yeah. Because until forty, fifty years ago, 
all genes were raw. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's only in the 60s that some French and Italian guys thought, hey, if we wash these genes, our customers will like them more. Because yeah. remember, genes used to be an American thing. So until around af- you know, after World War II, it would only be in America. And then the soldiers, the Americans that came to Europe, to Asia, they would bring along their genes. They would leave some of them behind. People would find out, oh, this is like the coolest thing ever. But all these genes, or at least most of them, they would be worn. So, you know, us Europeans and the Asians, we, you know, learned about denim in, in you know, it's one way. You know, we, we didn't learn about the raw at first. And importing, you know, Levi's, Lee and Wrangler and all yeah. the other old brands, that was really difficult. They would be crazy expensive. So a lot of jeans that were sold in the 50s, 60s, they were secondhand. They were already worn. Uh, and then when, you know, I mean, Francois Chibot, who, who, who is one of the pioneers in the business, he told me this, that, you know, when he was working in a store in the 60s in, in Paris, and they were selling, you know, original raw Levi's jeans, customers would be like, exactly the same thing I'm experiencing still in this store. Like, yeah, I want the faded ones. I want the washed, <laughs> soft yeah. ones. And they were like, oh, my God. I mean, now you have the originals. So you know you should get that but and that's you know what got everything started with the washed and and that's mm-hmm. you know just so yeah denim used to be bra you know it, it, that's that's how it used to be but it also used to be workwear uh that you know it, it used to be not something you would wear like casually you know f- no from, you, you wore it so it could get as, shit kicked out fashion, as, a, as a fashion <clears throat> item of the, yeah um and, and you know that changed in, in the 70s. Uh, then it was just all over, and it was it was washed and it was bleached, and mm. uh, it was it was still you know kind of dark, uh, uh, or at least you know one color. It was yeah. I think 70s later. denim is good. It what 80s really went tits up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, figuring out how to sort of yeah, I guess recreate the yeah. naturally one in fades that you get from your raws yeah and then you know i think just slowly over the years it became like yeah all jeans they are sort of washed when you get them you know that's how you can get these you know uh um experiences when when customers come in when when people that don't know about raw they're like oh what is this you know it's like this is the original this is how all denim starts you know this is the natural way that you don't need it you don't need to, you know, put it through all this, uh, all these uh, abrasive techniques that they use, and uh, you know, don't need to use a lot of chemicals to, to get the color out. You know, we all just spend a lot of work putting it in. So why do you want it out so quick? You know, it's also, you know, uh, I mean, raw denim usually will last longer, right? Because basically, what what all the washing is doing, you know. I, some, some techniques more than others, but you know, if you take some sandpaper and rub it on your jeans, you know, it's quite obvious that you're sort of wearing them down and they're not going to last as long. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's also when we talk about sustainability in the business. Yeah. yeah if, if everyone would wear raw, it would be a lot better. Uh, you don't, we wouldn't need to spend all this these energy, water, and chemicals on, you know, recreating the one in look. You can just create yeah. it yourself. Um, of course. So, but, but I don't know. I mean, it's, so that was sort of the, my, I think, uh, 
reasoning behind why it's like why Raw is is, is a niche today uh, still I think yeah it's certainly growing but you know just take and a random guy on the street and, and I ask him what what jeans look like and he will point to something that is faded you know that is you know what and and that's also what us denim heads want right you know uh, we want the fades right it's, yeah, we, it's, it's really you know, it, <laughs> it's really it's funny that you, what it, is. <laughs> it is what it is yeah it's the yeah. uh, our, my old uh, when I worked for the vintage clothing company before I started up clobber camp full time I were in yeah. America with my old good friend and boss, John, that runs uh, the Glass Onion Wholesalers. And uh, <clears throat> he were asking me about me, me Instagram and me interest in it and my blog and stuff like that. And he started laughing and uh, he said, it's really funny because you, uh, you work surrounded by vintage denim and all you're telling me about is new denim that you want to look vintage. <laughs> it's, like, yeah. it's like you can put your hands on as much vintage denim as you want then whenever you want yeah. and what you want to do is get something that's really new and crispy and spend ages <laughs> trying, trying yeah. to make it vintage and i was like there's something about the psychology of that process yeah. that stays with us in it you know what i mean yeah. which that's, brings us on to your personal yeah, preferences yeah. yeah so what we wanted to ask you tom uh was your favorite um, jeans, jacket, and boots. Is if is that if that's okay? I reckon so. Oh, yeah. Let's find out yeah. about Tom now. Yeah. So at the moment, I'm I'm wearing um, the iconic Ironheart six three four S. Twenty one ounce. Twenty one ounce. You know the the one that comes centralized and one washed, so it's yeah. really soft and it stretches a lot. Uh, it's a great straight fit. Does it stretch um, a lot? Because its size is small, doesn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I uh, when, when we got them in, uh, I got them, I think it's two, two and a half months ago at this point, yeah. uh, in, in March, some sometime in March. Uh, I got them in, I was sort of, you know, holding them up and was like, no, these look like kids' jeans. I mean, I'm never going to fit into these. And they yeah. were, you know, size 32. I'm usually like, in Edwin, I can fit in a size 30. In some brands like Indigo Fair, I would fit a size 31. But, yeah. you know, I know that... Uh, Iron Arts and most Japanese friends I've also worn their size more like true to size um, so but I mean they, they've stretched at least one full size um, and now they're perfect but I guess my I mean so these are I guess my new favorite jeans they'll uh, be a straight I, fit though won't they they're a straight cut yeah classic straight you know uh, and, and I like that I mean I got pretty chunky thighs uh, yeah. So I need a little, a little room. I mean, I've tried a few tapered fits, and I mean, I can't go anything slim. I, it looks ridiculous. I mean, uh, so, so nothing for me of, of that kind. Okay. Um, I mean, these are my new favorite jeans, but I would give a. I mean, I actually kind of feel like I'm, I'm, I'm cheating with Ironheart uh, on on Indigo Farah, which has been my go-to brand for the past like five years. Uh, I've been wearing their, their sadly discontinued shrink to fit denim they have. It's, I mean, my favorite denim of all time. It's 16 ounces, um, all raw, I mean, uncentralized, unwashed, and it's, you know, fades so beautifully. Uh, nicely sloppy in a subtle way, you know, it's, yeah, just, just great. I have that 
you know, I think I have six different jeans in that denim uh, that I've worn. Uh, so, I mean... I've got their Ryman on right now, their Ryman Western yeah. shirt. Yes, we also stock that here in the store, and it's a great shirt. I have one that's from the... I mean, they, they used to do it, I think, four, four or five years ago, and they reintroduced it again. It's a great recently. shirt. Uh, so I have... It's a yeah. shame. Mine shrunk a little bit. I uh, I got a medium. I was between sizes, medium and large. Mm, and I thought, yeah. well, it's a Western shirt, so it needs to look a bit more fitted. Yeah. So I went yeah. for medium. I put it in its first soak. Uh, it, it, I, it, I still fit in it, but I know that... And I still wear it. I love it. I just wear it open. But I know yeah. that if I'd have got a large, it would have shrunk down to perfect size. Oh. I'm a bit like, fuck. Yeah, oh, well. yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah they, quite a lot of the Inigo Ferrer things, actually shrink i mean and, and they are i it's purposely i uh, mm. you know they i think most of the stuff is sand varized so it, it doesn't shrink that much but you know all cotton fabrics they do shrink a little i mean i also have four or five of the norris uh, the flannel uh, salvage flannel shirt that mm -hmm. they do which it shrinks and it skews like crazy so you will have your um you know the, the buttons uh, the placket that would sit like it's so it's obviously it's it's right hand twill fabric so it skews a lot to the right you know the yeah the plaque the will end all the way over on your on your with your right pocket but you know that's just one of the beauties of it like 10 years ago i would have gone back to the store and said hey there's there's something wrong with this shirt and I, you know now i know that yeah it's there for a reason because it's yeah. the way the fabric is made and that's so, how it is um uh, then that was sort of jeans. So I guess my new favorite, 21 Ironheart, but all time that would be Inigo Ferris, uh, string to fit denim. They call it number two. Um, in terms of jackets, well, I mean, I have, um, I have an old type one from LVC, which is, uh, it's a small, uh, I got it when I was a student, when I was, <laughs> honestly a little slimmer so and that one yeah i mean i keep saying to my wife because it is a string to fit that it keeps shrinking and she's laughing all the time <laughs> um, so i mean i can't really wear that one anymore but it's i mean it's a jacket that you know the i think one of the greatest moments i had in that jacket was at bread and butter maybe five years ago i was wearing it and some japanese guy came up to me and it's like ooh, vintage and it's like yes you know, uh, he thought it was an original, but it's like, no, it's LBC. But um, so, I mean, that would be, I guess, my personal the favorite jacket. jacket. Yeah. But I can't really wear it anymore, so I'm looking for something else. Uh, um, I mean, the one I do wear is actually an Indigo Ferra Fargo. Uh, it's kind of a shirt jacket. I mean, uh, I have it in the in the gunpowder, which is uh, the, the black 14 ounce. And it's, you know, it's the same weight as a jacket, but it's sort of designed like a shirt. Uh, yeah. That is, that's a really great one. Yeah, it and is, boot, I've seen boots, that. I mean, boots has to be um, my Iron Hearts. Uh, no, sorry. My Iron Ranges. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, no Iron Heart boots. Um, no, my, be, yeah, I mean, I would love to try out a, a Wesco, though, but... Um, haven't tried them yet uh no i mean i've i haven't i have an iron ranger um the 8111 it's from 
it's from when I started working in the store out here. So I think it's 2011. Uh, it's still just, you know, it keeps on going. I mean, I, I've worn it every year, at least, I think, at least 50 days every year for the past seven years. Really? Uh, and it's, I mean, yeah, the, the, the outsole still is, is still going strong. It, 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 I mean, it's not even near uh, worn out. Um, so that one's just the indestructible. One. <clears throat> yeah, it's just the one for me. For sure. Okay. Well, now I reckon that it's time for some quick fire rounds for you, Tom. Yeah. Uh, have you heard these before? I don't know if you listen to the podcast. We uh, we throw out a bit of a quick fire where basically you've got no time to think. Uh, yeah. You just need to answer. And I've also added an extra one for you this week, an extra quick fire, uh, okay. which we're going to go on to afterwards, which I've not done before. So let's, uh, let's do it. <laughs> tell me when you're ready, and I'll start. Okay. Okay, so Japanese denim, USA denim. Japanese. <clears throat> Japanese made, USA made. Japanese made. Books or blogs? Blogs. Boots or sneakers? Boots. <laughs> Shirts or jackets? Shirts. Heritage or post heritage? Mm. Bit easier. Chocolate or crisps? Crisps. All right. Salt and vinegar or cheese and onion? Mm, <laughs> uh, salt and vinegar. Salt and vinegar. Europe or the USA? Europe, all the way. <laughs> Beetles or stone? Beetles. Oasis or blur? 